Welcome to Sheer Jeshub, brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. Let's join Pastor Greg Scalzo as he continues the series on Heavenly Authority. The traditions and teachings of men are the law misapplied. The law is the Word of God. The law and the New Testament both recognize man's sinfulness and that's why all those sacrifices we studied were so important. But tradition and teachings of men build upon the law. Remember we spoke about the oral tradition last time at the time of Jesus, how they built oral traditions based on the law. The traditions and teachings of men are the law misapplied, wrongly amplified, resulting in false humility and pride, and it sets itself against the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ. Thus Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17, all those rituals of the law pointed to the sinfulness of man and mankind's need for a Savior. That's the true law of Moses. Jesus says in chapter 5, verse 17, Do not think that I came to destroy. That word destroy is to loosen down, like to take down a house, to take down a tent. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but fulfill. That word means to to fill full, to fill it up. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. The law must stay around. God will preserve the law. He will keep it till all is fulfilled, until heaven and earth pass away. Whoever therefore breaks, looses, destroys, dissolves, melts, unbinds, that's all encompassed in that word, breaks. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so, shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds, the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So we can't get into the kingdom of heaven by just some type of ritualistic observance of the law. Because he says, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. And notice there are some who, when speaking about the law and the prophets, can teach men to break one of the least of these commandments, and so they're called what? Least in the kingdom of heaven. But they're still in the kingdom. But they're least. But if someone teaches them and does them, he's called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, this can be hard to understand based on all that we just read. It says in Hebrews 9.10 about the law, uh, that it was concerned only with foods and drinks, various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of reformation. The gospel is a reformation on the old law. 
It fulfills it. And we see it clearly in the ministry of Jesus and the sacrifices. Jesus took the spiritual part of the law and he magnified it to make the people righteous in him. He fulfilled the ceremonial parts of the law in a way that none of those fleshly ordinances given to Aaron could. And we're not knocking down the tenth of the old covenant. We're not destroying it. We're not under the law. But amazingly, because we're in Christ, we fulfill the law in a spiritual way like could never be done had we been under the law. And I think there's an example that can help to show us how, while we're not under the law, we spiritually fulfill the law and how we build upon it and show it as the Word of God and read it and know it's true but see the application for us today in a very special and holy way. Apart from some legal system we try to establish upon it. Let me give you an example. In Exodus chapter 23 and verse 19. I'll give you that one to look up. It's the same identical thing spoken to Moses in Exodus 34:26 and in Deuteronomy 14:21 so it's repeated three times in the Old Testament and this Old Testament this Old Covenant is the word of God I'll read it from Exodus 23:19 The first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. It's repeated in Exodus 34:26. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. It's repeated in Deuteronomy 14:21. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Now, notice that in that day you tended your flock and you knew which goat was a child of which mother, right? So you knew there was a clear connection that goat is the child of that mother goat and the commandment was that there was something wrong. Do not boil the goat in the mother's milk. By extension you could apply that then to the oxen and to the cows. But what if you don't see the herd? And you say, well, how do I know if I have a goat and I have milk that that goat might not be being boiled in the mother's milk? Or if I have a cow and I take the meat and I put it in the milk, that I'm not boiling the cow in the mother's milk. And if you don't know it from your herd, you could start developing some elaborate regulations and rules, religious rules and traditions to prevent the possibility of ever having eaten milk with meat, right? You could go so far as to say, well, if they both wind up in the stomach, the stomach could be like a, a boiling pot, so I should never have any milk with any meat, lest I'm boiling the goat in the mother's milk. And by the fact that you no longer have the herd to look at, you could develop all types of 
endless possibilities of codes to try to fulfill Exodus 23:19 that a young goat is never cooked in the mother's milk or mixed in the mother's milk or in your stomach in the milk and all types of regulations and systems endless traditions and possibilities but I believe something more important is going on in the scripture in Exodus 23:19 than men just making up rules to, to avoid that possibility. What is God's Spirit telling us here? Why is it wrong? Why would the Spirit of God inspire this to be written in the law of Moses? Why is it wrong to boil a young goat in his mother's milk? What do you think? What is the milk? The milk is God's way for that mother to nourish the young goat. It's God's provision. When you see an animal nursing at its mother's breast, there's a warm feeling you get to, to know that this is the way God established in nature for a mother to care for the child, a close bonding and the love and the nurturing. It's that from God given to the mother for good the love of the mother for that child. Now in a sinful world of necessity, we know we need to eat meat. And that young goat might have to die for food or for the sacrifice in the Old Testament. But don't, the Holy Spirit is saying, don't do something so abominable as to use that which was meant for good, which was meant to nurture and nourish. Don't use that as a medium for its death. There's something horrible about that. That that which was meant for love and good, that we would take that milk and then use it as the cauldron of death for that goat. Don't use it. Use something else. Use some other milk. Use something different. But don't use its own mother's milk. But, but if that's horrible in the spirit of the law, for a goat to be boiled in his mother's milk. How much more horrible when the womb of a woman, a human being and not a goat, becomes the cauldron for the death of the baby that grows in it. That which is meant for the human baby's good, that which is meant for the human baby's nurturing, for the human baby's growth, showing the mother's love, showing God's provision for that infant through the mother. When that womb becomes a killing place with acid placed in it or instruments of torture placed in it to cut apart the little baby, to tear the baby apart. If God did not want to see a young goat killed in his mother's milk, how much more does the spirit behind the law cry out against a human killed in his mother's womb? No, as Christians, we don't have elaborate plans and traditions and rituals. We don't have separate refrigerators for milk and separate refrigerators for meat. We don't have all types of codes and regulations in an attempt to keep this law in Exodus. Elaborate rituals to guarantee Exodus 23, 19, 34, 26, Deuteronomy 14, 21. 
for situations that probably never come up. The probability would be so low that a young goat would be with his own mother's milk in today's society. But we don't destroy the law. We don't pull down the tent of the law. We're not under the law, but we fulfill the law spiritually. We see the mind and heart of God with the commandment, and we fulfill it in the spirit, appreciating that what God has meant for good to the little one, do not use for evil, and we cry out against it. And we understand the spirit of the law. We understand the Holy Spirit behind the law. And we don't destroy the Old Testament. We preach the Old Testament, and we fulfill it in the spirit. Now, someone could be so wrapped up in tradition, so wrapped up with codes, so concerned that at some point in their life, they're going to eat some meat from a goat mixed in his mother's milk and never understand the spirit behind the law and possibly be for abortion. But when you understand the reason, the clear reason, don't do such a horrible thing, then how could somebody be for abortion? If it was terrible to put a young goat in his own mother's milk, how could a baby be killed in his own mother's womb? If you would like to write to us or feel led of the Lord to help support our church's outreach, our address is Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle's Sunday service is at 10 a.m. at the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Join us next time for Shear Jashub.